Welcome to Tiger Paw Radio, the podcast that tackles all the challenges and opportunities of channel convergence. If you provide managed IT, managed print, VoIP, security, or other technology-driven services for your customers, this podcast is for you. Tiger Paw Radio, exploring channel convergence one stripe at a time. And now, here are our hosts, James Foxall and Wes McDonald. Well, everybody, welcome to another exciting episode of Tiger Paw Radio. I'm Wes McDonald, uh, your host with the most, and also James Foxall, the host with the most most. And I'm really excited, uh, James, about this episode we have today. We're lucky enough to have Larry Levine uh, online. Uh, he is the author of a best-selling uh, book called Selling from the Heart. And that's really important today because what we're going to be talking about is uh, changes in you know how people are selling. And specifically today, we're going to be talking about uh, social selling. Uh, so for anyone that knows me well, uh, one interesting thing that you may not know uh, is that I do actually a lot of uh, writing uh, and, and articles which I actually post on LinkedIn. And I've been using LinkedIn for a lot of years, you know, to augment uh, sort of my presence um, on the web and uh, in my selling process. So uh, without further ado, uh, maybe James, you can introduce yourself uh, as our co-host and then Larry, I'll get you to introduce yourself to our guests. Perfect. You bet. I'm super excited to be here. And on Larry's cover, he's got the word authentic, particularly authentic self, which resonates to me. So uh, uh, you speak in my language when you talk like that. So I'm super excited about today's podcast. Uh, something somebody may not know about me. I think a lot of people know that I'm heavily into music, both uh, listening you know, as a consumer, as a concert goer, and I have a studio and I make music. But an interesting fact about me is I just had one of the best musical experiences of my 50 years on this planet about a month ago when I got to go down to California and spend two days in the studio with Alan Parsons um, for a mix with the master's class. And that would be the Alan Parsons. Um, and not, not a, a lot of people know about the Alan Parsons project. They don't know that he was actually an assistant engineer on two Beatles albums uh, at Abbey Road, and then he was the actual engineer on one of the best albums ever made, Dark Side of the Moon. So you get to hang out with him for two days in the studio, learn for him, from him. Any question, he would, he would ask anything. He would tell you stories about working with the Beatles or working with Pink Floyd or his own experiences, and it was, it was just freaking awesome. So I got to hang out with Alan. That, that's my new story today. Yeah, I can remember when you told me about that meeting, James, and I've, I've known about it for a little while now, and I was just completely blown away. And if you remember, uh, it was one of our uh, L10 meetings, and I said, yeah, you've officially won the coolest thing of the week. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hard to compete with that. It is. It was awesome. I got awesome. nothing. I got nothing. All right, Larry. <laughs> I should have gone last for that one. <laughs> 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 it's all good, right? It's all good. It's all. It was, it's all good. Well, when you said when you said, I tell you what, when you said Alan Parsons, all I all I had to do was add project after that, and it brought back some memories. So no, hazy I'm, memories. I'm, <laughs> hazy memories. Oh, uh, dude, we we don't want to go there. <laughs> we we, we, we got to keep this podcast PG. <laughs> there we go. Do we? Yeah, <laughs> <We> will. <laughs> I promise. I hey, prom let's, let's see where it goes. Yeah, yeah. so Larry, maybe uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. So uh, unlike uh, some of the podcasts that we've done together in the past, we're not just talking to the Office Equipment Channel today. We're also talking to those that are in the managed services world. So tell them a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, you know, I spent, well, first of all, Wes and James, thanks for having me on your podcast. I really appreciate it. And, and for those who, who don't know me is I spent an awful long, long time, almost 28 years in the office technology channel. It's the only channel that I sold into. 
So I spent, gosh, from 88 till 2015-ish inside the office technology channel, both on the indirect and direct side. And I kind of had a, I'll call it a light bulb moment about 2015 when I started to see, you know what, maybe this isn't, maybe sales isn't cracked up for me anymore. Maybe there's something else that I could be doing. And that's really where I, I jumped out of the sales role into the role that I'm at now, you know, not knowing that selling from the heart was just around the corner, but I started to coach inside the channel just to help sales reps better position themselves. And I started to see a bigger picture out there. And, and you all know that I throw a hard message out and I'll get to it in a second. But one of the things I would like to share that, that people probably don't know is I'm a massive, massive sports geek. So if, if we were, if we had our camera on right now, you would see my office's floor to ceiling, Los Angeles Dodgers. But if we peel this back even more, I'm a stats geek. I love anything baseball statistic related. Well, that's awesome. And I've seen your office. Yeah, I've seen your office. And uh, it's, it's one of those things I really enjoy when you're actually doing some of your videos is being able to see some of that again you know, that authentic side of Larry Levine, right? So, well, you know, but, it, but here it's interesting because I've caught in grief from that before. Like, hey, you know, why don't you, why don't you have a selling from the heart banner up there or something like that? And I said, you know what? Part of being social is just driving conversations that start in many different ways. And you'll be amazed some of the coolest conversations I've started because what's on my walls behind me. Well, absolutely, because it's authentic, right? And I, you know, I know that for two. James, when I walk into your office at any time, you've got this beautiful model of, you know, the um, uh, Apollo 11, right? And, you know, instantly mm -hmm. that's, that's a conversation starter. It's like, you got to tell me about this. What's your connection with, you know, the moon landing? And, uh, and that is another interesting fact. What is your connection with the moon landing? Oh, yeah. So I was born uh, July 22nd of 1969, which would be two days after they landed on the moon. If that's you're not into cool. conspiracy theories. So you are a moon baby. Yeah, it is pretty cool. <laughs> And a moon child is actually the, one, of the, one of the terms for the zodiac sign. So I've always had an affinity. I remember growing up, it was all about the moon. It was all about the rockets. So I've always had an affinity for that. And you're right. And that's actually in my background if I, when I'm doing uh, um, any kind of video conferencing. They see yep. that. You know, I mean, I've actually got my diplomas hanging up. I have them hanging up in a part of my office that nobody can see but me in a little nook. Because, you know, that's, the, that's something I'm proud of having done. It's not something I want to display. What I want people to see are the things that interest me and fascinate me and, and help define who I am. And that's why I think where I was so attracted as I looked up what Larry was doing and, and uh, you know, the, the authentic self. That, that's why I said it resonates with me. Yes. And I, and I think we want to talk about that, you know, today for selling, right? So one of the things I love, Larry, when I'm on your uh, LinkedIn profile, right, that I've always loved your, you know, expression of in a world of empty suits, you know, leading this revolution of authenticity, integrity, and substance in the sales profession, right? And, and I'm one of those people that uh, fell into sales accidentally myself uh, and absolutely fell in love with it as a profession, right? That, you know, this really is uh, something that people should be proud of doing if you're selling the correct way. Uh, and you get paid handsomely for it, right? So I don't see anything to apologize for in sales. But certainly, you know, in the last 10 or 15 years, the technologies and the, and the tool sets that we have available to us, you know, have been changing, right? So one of the first questions I want to, you know, sort of get you to dig into is maybe just explain, you know, for the audience, what social selling, you know, actually means, what authentic selling really means. Yeah. Um, wow. I, I mean, we could, we could dance for days around this, but I, um, I want to set that aside because I, I'm going to address what I think social selling is, but I, I, I want to take us back just a little bit. So 
people understand where I'm coming from, from this, if that's all right, guys, is, you know, I look back to probably the second book I ever read in my, you know, when I started my sales career. And I don't think anyone like wakes up one day, like when they're in high school and say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to be a salesperson. I think it's something that you fall into. And I kind of fell into it, but I read a book uh, by Dale Carnegie and it's called how to win friends and influence people. I'm sure you guys have read it. Oh, classic. It, it's a classic book, but you know, I started my, I started my career pre-internet, right? Pre-computer and all that. And that book resonated with me. And there's two things that I took from that book that I think are totally applicable today if we tie in social to this. And the two, the two core foundations out of that book were we were building relationships and changing the way people think. Now, we were doing that back in the day face-to-face and via the phone. And that was it, right? Those were the only ways that we could build relationships and change the way people think. Yeah. Well, if we, if we fast forward to today, you know, as we're sitting here winding down, you know, 2019, we're still, cha- we're still building relationships and changing the way people think. We just have a lot more tools to do that. So when I look at, you know, what social selling, first of all, in my opinion, and it's not to disrespect anybody that's out there, but social selling to me is not new. I was social selling back in the 80s. We just didn't know it was called social selling. It was just sales. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And so it's, it's no different today. It's just now we have the tools which are online to do the same thing that we were doing face to face. So, you know, when it comes to social selling, it's just about building relationships and changing the way people think. We just need to replicate that online by being the best version of ourselves online, engaging in a human, authentic way and leveraging technology to humanize what we do. And then we got to connect the networks and we got to connect the dots and engage, and I always, you know, I'm an alliteration freak as well. So we got to educate, engage, and excite people into conversations. It's no different than what we were doing face to face. If you couldn't educate, engage, or and excite people pre-internet, you're dead in the water, right? They they wouldn't do business with you. Oh, sure. Well, now today, I, I think the same can be said: is if you can't educate people, if you can't engage people, and if you can't excite people, leveraging all the tools that are out there today then it's a topic of another conversation. So to me, it's about building relationships and changing the way people think by humanizing yourself through technology and then becoming an influencer inside your networks, the people you're connected to, so that you can take these relationships and these conversations that you build and go face to face. Yeah, I love that. You're using it as a tool to get to the same place we were before, which is building that relationship, changing attitudes. Uh, I, I agree. It's, you know, we're, we're driving back towards that relationship. We just got this bigger, you know, arsenal of tools behind us. Right. So when you do talk about those tools, let's talk a little bit about that. What is available to people, you know, beyond the phone today? You know, I think of things that come to mind, like this podcast that we're doing is a different vehicle, right? Um, uh, LinkedIn, uh, using, um, you know, webinars, et cetera. What are some of those tools? Well, I mean, gosh, are you talking just in in terms of modern tools? Yeah. I I mean, heck, you know, you're going to laugh when you hear this, guys, but isn't the phone a modern tool? People think it's an ancient freaking tool, right? Nobody uses (laughs) anymore. But I hate to say it, we use a phone every day. It may not be on our desk, but we sure use a phone every day. We sure do. 
Yeah, and it, it's yeah. In, it's interesting uh, that when you mention that, because that is a uh, a tool that has never left our arsenal, right? No, it, and 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 it's you know I'm not here to poke holes at people and all that and all the social selling pundits and gurus that are out there, right? We we choose to use the tools we choose to use, but this is this is the the analogy that I'll make with every single tool that's out there, whether that be phone, whether that be email, whether that be face to face, whether that be snail mail, whether that means shaking hands out in the community, whether that be social and all the platforms that that we can tie into social is we have to learn how to use every stinking tool available. And it would just be no different than, you know, occasionally I've been known to watch some golf, even though I stopped playing. So can you imagine this? Can you imagine a professional golfer playing a course, right? A PGA event with a putter and a driver. And that's it. And that's it. <laughs> I mean, because they're professional, because they've practiced, I'm sure they could probably get away with it. Because they would figure it out. But to, in today's day and age, I think there's a massive difference between a sales rep and a sales professional and the tools that they're given to do their job. I just took it upon myself decades ago that I held myself to a non-negotiable standard that said, you know what? If I have to do my job to the best of my ability, then I got to understand all the tools that are out there. And it's no different than it is today when we fight all these tools that are out there. Yeah, you know, it, and it, it, it just blows my mind. You know, Larry, you know, one Larry, of the Larry, I, go ahead, James. Oh, what you talked about is, though, how you made a commitment to learning these tools. One of the struggles that I've had, we've been in business for 36 years, so we've seen a lot, we've made a lot of mistakes, and we've done a lot of good things as well. But one of the, one of the challenges I've seen in general um, with some sales professionals is they get to a certain level, and then they, they stop engaging and learning more. You know, having grown up in the development side of the business, you know, the technologies were always becoming obsolete, right? You always had to learn a new language. You had to learn a new approach. So reinventing yourself kind of became part of the DNA as a developer, where a lot of the sales professionals have seen, they get competent, and then there's almost a complacency. It's like, well, I'm, I'm, I know how to sell. There's nothing more for me to learn. So I find it interesting when you talked about how you made a commitment to yourself to engage all of this. And I, I, I find that, that a fascinating topic. And I'm wondering how, how do you encourage sales professionals to, to start exploring those new options and the new ways of thinking and, and to do things like buy your book and read your book, right? You know, that there is more to learn. Yeah, you know, and you bring up a really good point, James. And, and this is why, I mean, if there's something that really freaking lights my fire, it's working with tenured sales professionals. Um, and when I say tenured, I'm not just saying tenured by just pure age, right? I'm, I'm talking, it could be somebody who's in their 30s who's got 10 or 13 years of, of sales underneath their belt. Is I, cha I challenge those people because I've been there, right? I, I've been that tenured sales professional who's got to that point where I was inside of a company where they left me alone. I said, you know what, Larry's the top sales guy. I'm just, you know, I know he's good for his numbers and so forth. And they weren't challenging me. So I had to challenge myself. And, you know, I always say I've been on some really functional sales teams, but unfortunately I've been on more dysfunctional sales teams than anything else with dysfunctional managers and dysfunctional leaders and so forth. That's just face it. It's, it's reality, but maybe it was the way I was raised. And I was raised with an Ivy League dad who, was, who had a doctorate in aeronautical physics and was a rocket scientist for the United States Air Force. So I was just, it was just drilled into me, you know, 
education, 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 and develop a routine. And that's just the way I was raised. So then when I got into sales, my first year was rough. And that's when I learned if I'm going to succeed in sales and I got to, I have to do the same things every single day. That means I have to make a non-negotiable pact with myself that this is what I do. And I will urge tenured sales reps to do the same thing. And I write about it in selling from the heart is those tenured sales reps were once young sales reps who were eager to, eager to learn and soaked up all kinds of knowledge. But then, you know, maybe they think they, you know, through the rites of passage and the arm stripes they get on their sleeves, they go, you know what, been there, done that. I'm going to stop. But those are the most vulnerable people that are out there right now, straight across the board. I don't care what sales channel that, that any tenured sales reps operate in is when you fail to stop learning, you stop growing. And these tenured sales reps, they're actually, if you peel it back and you get one-to-one -one with them, they're really freaking nervous. They just won't shed it in a, in a, in a sales team. But when you get with them one-on-one, -on -one, they actually do want to prove. They just don't know how to improve. Yeah, I love that. They're, they're actually, because of their pedigree and their success, they're almost, you know, too nervous and, and too shy, uh, you know, to admit that maybe they, you know, they want some help to be able to move into some of these new things, right? Yeah, you know, and, and, here, and here's what scares me is I had somebody, uh, last week I was traveling and I was working with a sales team while I, while I was back east. Some, I had a salesperson reach out to me and, they, and I'm not busting, you know, I'm not busting on this person, but it's just, it concerns me is, you know, they reached out and they said, hey, you know what, um, we'd re I would really like to see if you can help coach me along on how to leverage the power of social. I saw what you did in the channel that you came out of and I see how you've built your business leveraging social because I've been following you for a while. Can you help me? And he just wanted a couple, you know, one hour calls. And I said, you know, you're not going to learn something in a couple one hour calls. If you really want my help, then you're going to invest the minimum of X amount of time. And this is what it's going to look like. But I tell you what, I will give you one hour of my time and let's just have a conversation like you and like you and James and, and I are having right now on this podcast. And that call happened yesterday as we're recording this. And I asked him to set aside social for a minute. And I just started to ask this person to reflect upon themselves. I asked them, this is a tenured sales rep, 18 years in the business. And I asked him this question, and this is what makes me nervous. And, and we're trying to coach these people on, on how to leverage social and all these modern day tools. I said, I want you to think of a couple of your largest customers right now. He goes, okay. Then I want you to think about this. If you got approached in an off the wall manner and they said, why you? Why should I continue to do business with you? what would you say? And there's dead freaking silence. Why am I bringing all this up guys? Is this, is we're trying to run around coach sales reps on how to leverage the power of social and how to do all this when inward they can't even share the value that they bring to their clients nor the marketplace, but we're trying to coach them on how to use social. Something's broken along the way. And yeah. that's what I wanted. And well, that's that, what I wanted to bring to like the surface. What? Yeah. With your baseball, right? The analogy, I mean, there's fundamentals. Yes. You have to have the solid fundamentals. Yeah, you know, and, and, it, and it was interesting because when I was with a group of 55 salespeople last week all around my book, they, they're team reading my book right now. And I spent, I spent a day with their president and their CEO and uh, 
their VP of sales and these salespeople. I had a, I had a tenured sales rep older than me and I'm, uh, I'm 55. And this person walked up and he says, Hey, you know, I really enjoyed reading selling from the heart, but no disrespect here is pretty, you know, found out foundational stuff, right? Stuff I know. And I said, okay, I appreciate that, but why aren't you doing it? If it's so foundational, then why do salespeople shove it off to the side? The reason they shove it off to the side is because everyone in sales is consistently inconsistent with what they do. So they chase shiny objects and the shiny object of today is social. And don't get me wrong. If it wasn't for social, I don't kickstart my business. If it's, you know, not for social, I don't meet West and I don't meet you, James. But where I'm going with this is if, if in order for social to succeed in any channel, we got to understand internally, we got to change our mindset and we got to be able to clearly articulate value and we got to bring us to life and we got to humanize what we do. And my challenge is, is if, if we're struggling to do this face to face, if we're struggling to do this with our client base, then I want people to think about, do you think they're going to have any level of success online doing this if they fail to do it face to face? Oh, absolutely not. And, and that's a good segue because one of the things that kind of drives me, you know, personally crazy is when we're talking either about, you know, traditional sales methods, uh, like how to make your cold calling better uh, or how to use, you know, uh, social to, you know, to build your influencer value. And then somebody pipes in with, well, social's stupid or someone else pipes in with cold calling is dead, right? So w what kind of answer do you have, you know, for people once they start getting into that, you know, that dichotomy, that, uh, you know, that frictional, you know, conversation, which is, you know, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I think if, if you're a golfer, you need all the clubs in your bag, you know, why are people, you know, why are people so hell bent on smashing, you know, one or the other? Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's interesting. I, I used to get fired up, right. When, when I would get, I would get into these co-call versus, versus social debates, I'd get fired up. I'd get pissed off and I, and I would lose all this productivity time talking about stuff that's going to rage on forever in a day. And, you know, I don't talk politics and I don't talk religion at all, period. And it's the same reason why people have indifferences with that. But when it comes to co-calling versus, so, why, why are we even talking about it? It's a mute freaking point. Well, that's my point. You're using the social to drive back to the conversation, which, you know, often happens on the phone, right? So, yeah. So, so, what, so, what, I, so what I would say is that's just, that's replace the term. Because if I sit in a room full of salespeople and I say, define co-calling, right? Are you out there co-calling? Everybody's going to give me whatever answer they're going to give, right? But if I say, can you help me define what business development is, right? When you're growing your business, what are some of the things you have to do? It's a mind thing. It's the words that we all choose to use. So that's just replace freaking code calling with business development. What business development tools are you using as a sales professional to help you grow your business and improve your client retention? Absolutely. And, you know, the other thing, uh, the other thing about this is that they complement each other so well, right? Because... I seldom do a cold call. Like if I'm going to call anybody, I'll, I'll invest a few minutes and looking them up on LinkedIn or trying to find an article they wrote online so that I've got some tangible nugget, you know, to be able to throw out there, which says that I understand them a little bit. Right. So I don't, 
I don't see them as separate things. I see them as tools that help each other. And what an age we live in when we have those things available, right? Yeah. So, so you know, I, I'm going to bring this up just because I'm. I, I, it's just who I am. Let's just take co call for a second, right? I think the reasons why most people just absolutely, pardon the expression, suck cold calling is they don't know what to say. That's half the battle right there. And my biggest challenge is, and, and when I work with salespeople and their leaders, I said, you know what? You all work for a great company that's got great services and got great products. And I'm not here to knock it. But when your salespeople and you hide behind these and your conversations are all about your company and your products and your solutions, you got walking, talking, freaking robots. And when they pick up the phone, when they do, and when James or West or Larry happens to answer, all they get is puke thrown at them. Yeah. I mean, that, that's why. And what's, what's really interesting is I, got a con I had a conversation with a, with a VP of sales not too long ago. And he says, you know what? He goes, I love picking up my phone. He goes, furthermore, what I love is when I actually get into a halfway decent human conversation with a salesperson on the phone. Now he goes, call me weird. But think about it for a second. If, if you can't pick up the phone, right, and dr engage in a normal human conversation with somebody, what makes you think you're going to engage in any level of human conversation over a text, a LinkedIn, email, an email, or any other social conversation? I think, I mean, I think that there's a bigger picture out there that oh, no one wants to open up. I, I completely agree. And, you know, it's just the human condition, right? When we do talk about social, like you said, it's been around forever. You know, people hang out with people they like and have common interests with people, uh, marry people that, you know, they can actually hang out with and have a conversation uh, with and, and people buy from people that they feel there's, you know, some semblance of, you know, an, an understanding of a relationship together. Right. And, and those two points are raised at the beginning, you know, it's about relationships and it's about changing their mindset. You can't do that uh, if you don't build the relationship. Right. Yeah, if you know, and, and, I, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying that relationships are everything. I, I'm a firm believer. They are in, you know, that's to say in low end B to C, maybe in low end B to B, do relationships matter that much? I don't think so. Right. No, I, I have no, agree. I have no relationship with anybody. I buy things online. Right. Yeah. But, but if you look in the world that Tiger Paw operates in, right. In the world that I came out of. In, in a complex B2B sale, a high-end B2B sale, you bet your patuzzi that relationships do matter. And you got to build meaningful, incredible personal relationships with people. And you have to build meaningful, incredible business relationships with people. And we have to really understand that. And there's too many people out there who say, well, you know what? I got to get Wes to like me and I got to get James to like me. Well, yeah, that's, that's fine. But how, does, how do you get somebody to like you and trust you and think you're credible when they haven't even met you yet? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, too, that, you know, one of the things that I love about using the social platform is providing valuable content, providing valuable conversations uh, providing things for you know customers so that by the time they do get to talk to us there's this proliferation of value that they've already received from us you know even though we haven't spoken with them on the phone yet right and and so that's my view i mean you know personally that's what i try and do is deliver real value that somebody out there is gonna 
you know, make their business better with and think that they probably want to have additional conversations with me, right? Now, there's another camp, and you experience this all the time. I'm sure you do, James, as well, that somebody sends you a connection request on LinkedIn, uh, you accept it, and then immediately you get this 13 long paragraph, you know, sales pitch, right? So, Larry, you know what I hate worse than that is the one where I get the, the response of, how are you? It's like, oh, now you're going to warm me up. <laughs> I think it's even, I think you it's know? a little, a little creepy. <laughs> like, what do you mean? How am yeah, I? Yeah, It's like, I know where this is going. I respond to you. I'm doing great. And then you start doing your self pitch. Right. Well, you put the freaking pitch out there. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. There's, there's a LinkedIn is a, is a powerful tool, but it needs to be used appropriately. Well, well, I think it, I, I think it, go, it, it goes back to if you struggle, how do I say this? I'll just say it this way is many, many, many in sales, all they have are sales conversations with people. There's very few that have just a relational human conversation because we're programmed as salespeople to always have sales conversations. I only want to talk to West. I only am going to talk to James when they're in the buying mode. You get what I'm cooking here? Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so the whole purpose of, and, 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 and I'm a massive freaking believer in this, is what we do at social in the very beginning is, is relational based. It's the medium to long-term building of a funnel. And what I always equate this to is, you know, salespeople, leaders and all that, they understand hopefully by now what a sales funnel is, right? but very few understand what a relationship funnel is. The first time I meet James, he may not even like me, trust me, or think I'm credible, but I just maybe digitally or virtually I've shaken his hand. It's up to me to move that through a relationship funnel, through a series of right conversations, through a series of education, through a series of giving him bite-sized chunks of information that can possibly help him do his job better. As I continue to do that, and as I continue to build that relationship, then I can put it into a sales funnel. I'm not saying that this all has to drag on for years, right? This could be over a course of a week or two. But the issue is that I see it is most leaders out there, regardless of the channel, they don't understand how to integrate social into what they do because they're, their picture of social is the personal side of social, right? They don't understand how to leverage social in a business context to position your salespeople as professionals, to engage in professional conversation. They, they don't know how to do it, so they papui social. All I'm saying is if you professionally position yourself and you engage in human, heartfelt, real, relatable, relevant, and raw conversation with people, that opens up the window into who you are, watch what starts to happen. I know that because A, that's how I've grown my business from zero clients to where it is now. And every day I'm engaging in conversations that would blow you guys away with corporate executives who are devouring content on social who may not be socially active, but they're sure opening up your window and seeing what you're about. Yeah, I think you just raised a really good point, Larry, is that you know, I run into them all the time where I will suddenly get a message out of the blue, you know, from a president of a company saying, hey, West, you know, I've been following a few of your blogs. You just put one out, you know, they really hit home for me. Do you have some time to have a chat? And, and those are great days, right? When, 
when you're getting those people wanting to talk to you because it's something that you didn't even know you provided for them, right? Yeah, and 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 I I, I would I would I would ask that the sales leaders who are listening to this podcast really take this to heart. And I think you owe it to your company and your company's growth is you, it's, it's a must. It's almost a non-negotiable thing that you must do as a leader. You must have your sales team properly positioned as subject matter experts online. And there's, you got to set the excuses aside. You, you have to do all this as, as we start into 2020. I have a firm, this is my, I, I've seen it happen, is if they can't make it past your salespeople's presence online, I seriously doubt they're going to get to your big fancy corporate website that you've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on, but you won't invest any money in properly positioning your sales reps online the same way you position your company online. Wow, that's a really good, that's a really good, you know, parallel that you're driving there is that all this money that because we've been conditioned, you know, to accept a standard web page as being so uh, absolutely valuable in our sales process well, in this modern world, how, how do you not do the same for the presence of your sales reps and your people, right? Yeah, you know, I'll, 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 I'll share a quick, I'll share a quick story with you. So, you know, obviously, as you know, I came out of the office technology channel and I spent 20 years inside the dealership that I was a first employee at and I bought my way into the company and we expanded and I started down this personal branding social journey in the mid 2000s. I got thrown so much crap guys, you know, from my old business partners, from people who are on my sales team. They go, what the hell are you doing? Right. I wanted to stay one step ahead of the curve and I saw how people were hiding behind email and I saw how people were hiding behind voicemail and I saw it was harder to connect than ever before. It wasn't until somebody taught me how to humanize myself and position me online that I go, you know what, now I'm on to something and I used it and that was my secret freaking sauce in the office technology channel is, you know what, people could outsell me and outsmart me. They weren't going to outcare me when it came time to how I was building relationships with my customers. I found that digital was the new way to do it. I could stay top of mind. I could properly position myself. I can connect the dots. I learned how to prospect better. I learned how to drive better conversations. I looked at it through a whole different set of lenses. And it wasn't until now I've been six and a half years removed out of my dealership that I was in. I ran across an old service technician about three weeks ago, and I'll never forget this, guys. He said, you know what? He goes, six and a half years later, we finally realized what you've been doing and what you did the whole time. Now, stop and think about that. Six All and a half years. Six and a half years later, instead of throwing up the defense mechanisms, I'm going to ask leaders out there. What would it mean to you, right? Put your thinking cap on. Imagine for a moment, what would it mean to you as, you know, the owner of your company, the vice president of sales, of your company, the, the sales leaders of your company, if your salespeople were properly positioned as professionals online, connected to all of your current customers, becoming influencers in their networks, driving and engaging in face-to-face and digital conversations, how much could your businesses grow instead of fighting it and poo-pooing it and finding all the excuses, why not? 
why not look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know, here's all the reasons why we should be doing this as I look to future proof my sales team. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting problem, right? And, and I think you said something really important there, which is why don't we at least try, right? And, and James, you mentioned it earlier too, that, you know, one of the problems that, that we face in any industry, especially as you find success, is that ability to learn uh, to go in new directions. And, and really, that's all this is, right? Yeah, but, 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 but here, here, here's the thing is there's two things that go against most people when it comes to integrating this is time and patience, right? I don't have any time for this and I want instant fricking results. Well, what I want people to think about is your company didn't get from where it was to where it is now overnight. It was a series of small successful steps that you all made over time, right? You just didn't decide one day I'm gonna start my business and the next day you're $10 million or $20 million. Right. I mean, that's just not, that's just not reality. So that's just face it. The issues that you have inside companies of today in growing sales and improving client retention and your sales reps articulating value and better connected to your current customers. All of these issues didn't happen overnight. So you all aren't going to fix them overnight. It's a series of small successful steps, but you have to make the internal commitment and you got to change your mindset. If you don't change your mindset and you're open to change, then I always talk about a closed mindset. a death sentence for sales leaders and business owners. Yeah, I would completely agree. And on that note, uh, I want to respect your time because I know that you've actually got to get off the phone and a couple of minutes here and uh, help some clients with this very thing. So, you know, before we finish up today, if there's one piece of advice you could give, you know, to people that maybe are, maybe they're, it's not even that they're disinterested in, you know, using more of these social tools to help their businesses, what would that, that piece of advice be? Uh, wow. I, I, w- I would say that, you know, the biggest advice is if you're going to go down this road and you really want to pique your interest and you go, you know what, I really want to take a, a crack at this have a conversation with a practitioner, have somebody who's walked, talked and breathed what you want to go through. And I say this with all sincerity guys is there's a lot of people that over the last couple of years have hopped on the social bandwagon. Right. But if there's any advice that I can give to business leaders and sales leaders and, and executives out there is engage in a conversation with a sales professional who's a practitioner. And I say this because I walk, talk and eat and breathe this stuff. This is the stuff that's lights my fire. And if you want to grow your business in 2020, then you got to understand how to integrate social into what you do to help you grow your company, but get some advice from somebody who's lived it, breathed it, walked it, talked it, has grown something through it as opposed to somebody who just woke up one day and said, you know what, I think I'll go coach a bunch of people on how to leverage social. Yeah. And, and it's funny. I mean, because if people wouldn't even question that when it comes to your golf analogy earlier, right? Are you going to get somebody who's never played golf uh, just because they picked up, you know, a book or two on how to play golf to teach how to play golf? I don't think so. Right. So I think that experience, that relevancy is so important. And one last thing before we let you go, Larry, um, your book, Selling from the Heart, I know in conversations before, uh, you, you mentioned that uh, you can get the physical book, obviously, on Amazon, um, but you are also doing an audio version. Is that right? Yep. 
it, it was one, it was one of the things it was, it was a checkoff list thing. I was, I was challenged by a couple people this year that said, you know what, you have to have your audio book done by the end of the year. So for those who've enjoyed reading selling from the heart, and I want to say to everybody out there, I really appreciate it. It's become a bestseller and it's, it's actually exceeded my expectations and the doors that it's open and the sales lives that it's changed. It's just, it humbles me. And, but if you do listen to the audio, the audio will be out on audibles, hopefully by the end of the month, if not, it'll be right after the crack of the year, it will really bring selling from the heart to life. It's about 95% exactly the same as if you've read the book, but there'll be some twists and turns in it, but you'll have to find out if you listen to it. Uh, well, I look forward to it. So at the latest available in early 2020. And uh, Larry Levine, I want to thank you so much uh, for joining us on this podcast. Uh, sales is such an important aspect of what we all do. And uh, certainly we've gotten a lot of uh, really good gold nuggets today to be able to share with people. And I uh, just can't thank you enough. No, it, it's my pleasure. And I'll, I'll leave you with one thing is for all your listeners out there, sales is a lifestyle. And you got to understand that it's, it's something that you got to take to heart and you got to live, eat and breathe sales every single day. It's not something you can flip the light switch on. And so we come to the end of another exciting episode of Tiger Paw Radio. If you'd like to listen to more, please be sure to visit www.tigerpaw.com slash podcasts. You can also subscribe through your favorite podcast platforms to be sure you never miss another episode. And until next time, keep learning, keep growing, and keep that inner tiger strong. <laughs>